0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Our text this morning is from the first chapter of the gospel according to Matthew, beginning with the 18th verse. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit And he called his name Jesus, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, I pray at this time that ultimately not my words, but that your living word would go forth uh, and that it would indeed take deep root in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives and bear in us the fruit and the freedom of your salvation. That this I ask, this uh, I offer in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, along with you, I'm grateful this morning for the um, familiar things uh, about our Christmas pageant. Of course, um, chief among them, the squeaky sheep, the importation of barefooted children from Montgomery, um, and then um, uh, you know. But this year, we we added some things, which was um, which was absolutely um, fantastic. I, the the star and, of course, the camel—much more accurate, I think, to the Christmas story—the the elements of danger, uh, risk, and unpredictability. So, <laughs> please, um, please tell them what a fine job they did uh, when they did when you see them. We we have before us this day this uh, portion of Matthew's Gospel. Um, Joseph finding the surprising and shocking news that his betrothed. Um, is with child. And as we begin to um, reflect on that, not only the response of Joseph and Mary, but more important than any of that, the the phenomenal and amazing way in which God shockingly uh, enters into the world, the way in which God, as he is often described as the hound of heaven, um, graciously comes to pursue us and to seek us uh, and to draw us to himself in a way Uh, which restores in a way which saves. But I begin our reflection on this by sharing a story. Years ago, I was at an Alpha conference. Some of you may be familiar. Alpha, the idea behind Alpha was designed in many ways to be a short course uh, in Christianity, to explore the essentials of the good news of the gospel. But more than that, designed in such a way that people could come with their uh, with their doubts, people could come with their skepticisms. people could come with their with their questions to, to create an environment where those things might be explored and where the gospel might be presented in a wonderful and winsome way and At this alpha conference, one of the leaders was sharing a, a story, a personal story from an experience at his church uh, in one of his alphas, and he said um, that um, different people came to the Alpha, which was wonderful and which was exciting. People from outside of the congregation. But he said, this this one woman came, and he said, though I though I didn't um, judge her outwardly, I found myself judging her inwardly. Um, he said she um, had struggled with uh, multiple addictions. It had numerous uh, children with numerous different partners, and, and he said, you know, I, I put on a good exterior, but but he said, you know, I'm, I'm not proud of this. But inwardly, I, I found myself. Um, judging her. And he went on to recount uh, about uh, the surprising way as, as time went on, as he got to know uh, her better, to know more of her story. One, he was um, surprised, really quite frankly, with all that she had experienced and endured that she would, that she would come to the church um, in the first place. Um, but not only was it amazing that she would actually um, come to the church, but he began to see the amazing and the gracious and the powerful ways in which God was working um, in her life. He, he had her, in his mind, set apart as someone in whose life God was not alive and at work, but he found out that just the opposite was true. God graciously, mercifully, powerfully working through her life, and, and not only working through her life, but working through her life in such a winsome way that, that others um, were drawn in as well. And as he recounted that, as he recounted his um, surprise, one of the things that he shared as well, he said, you know... I I liked it as, as we all do. He said, I like to think of myself, you know, I'm pretty much a, a good guy. Uh, but he found out, he's like, you know, I'm just, I'm not nearly um, as good as I like to think that I am. Uh, I'm not nearly um, as as holy as I like to think that I am. I'm not nearly as, as open and attentive to the ways in which God um, appears and reveals and works uh, in the world and works in people's lives. And I begin with that story, and I share that with you at this time, because there's certainly a note of surprise, um, which uh, carries throughout this portion of the gospel this morning, but of course uh, throughout the entirety of the scripture as well. But one of the things I'll note is that, and, and you may be very familiar with this, one of the things that is unique about Matthew's gospel is that it, it tells of the announcement of the birth of Jesus, of the conception of Jesus uh, by the Holy Spirit. Um, within Mary of God coming into this world in this shocking and surprising and scandalous way but in Matthew's gospel it's told from the perspective of Joseph. Luke shares perspective of, of Mary and, and also of Elizabeth and Zechariah. John and Mark jump right into Jesus's baptism and the beginning of his public ministry but, but Matthew uh, reflects on Joseph and his response to this and as I've read this over the years one of the things that I've i've often reflected on was thinking um that you, basically being impressed with joseph what a what a good and, and gracious um person um that he was and i mean it's safe to say i would imagine god is pretty thorough um when he selects people to be involved and so you feel like all right with mary and joseph he probably did his you know due diligence um when calling him um into this rather important event um and his revelation and his salvation to the world but but i always You know what Joseph um, was a was a was a good man, the type of person that I would like to be. We hear that Joseph receives the news and that Mary has been found um, to be with child, and and clearly um, we hear in this this is uh, this isn't one of those pleasant surprises. Um, His uh, betrothed is pregnant, and and undoubtedly um, Joseph um, feels betrayed. And and I ask you a question here, and I've you know. It's one of those questions that I know the answer because I know my own heart and my own life and I um, have um, every belief that yours is like mine. When when someone hurts you, when someone betrays you, what's your first response? Your your first response, whether um, overt or covert, whether acted upon or just dwelled upon um, inwardly in your heart and your mind, your your desire is for vengeance. Um, When you feel hurt uh, and when you feel betrayed, you you want to respond in kind, whether you whether you do or not. Um, that's typically what wells up in our mind. That's typically what wells up in our heart. And one of the things that I always thought was so remarkable and noteworthy was that um, that that Joseph didn't do that. He seemed to be um, he didn't seem to be reactionary. He seemed um, to be prayerful um, about how to go about this. Uh, you know, and the uh, and and really, quite frankly, when you think about it, that's that's pretty close to miraculous um, when um, people don't immediately respond in kind with something like that. That's, that's a major event. Uh, as as Willie Wonka would say, um, so shines a good deed in a weary world. Um, and of course, as we all know, he's uh, paraphrasing Portia from the Merchant of Venice. Duh. We all know that. But that wonderful word there, so shines a good deed in a weary world. And in many ways, it seems like one of those, that I thought, you know what, how, how awesome, how remarkable, how wonderful uh, would it be? Uh, If I could be, if we could be um, more like Joseph in the way uh, that we respond, we hear that he was a just man, uh, and rather than put her to further shame, he has resolved um, to divorce her quietly uh, out of consideration for her, but if we're honest, it's probably out of consideration for himself as well. Um, uh, I would imagine he doesn't want um, further focus on this and is ready to be done with this uh, and ready um, to move on from this. But as I, as I thought about that, I thought, you know, um, yes, um, that's true to a point, uh, but that in many ways entirely and dramatically misses the point, misses the most important point uh, which is going on here because as, as admirable um, and exemplary as Joseph and Mary are, uh, at the end of the day, uh, this is a story about God. Uh, and at the end of the day, what we need is not... Uh, sort of some uh, decided um, good reactions and best efforts uh, from people, we need the phenomenal and the gracious and the extraordinary um, intervention of God into the world. And we need that same extraordinary and dramatic intervention in our lives as well. Because in Joseph deciding basically not to seek vengeance um, upon Mary, um, he, he, while he doesn't perpetuate the cycle, he certainly doesn't end it as well. He doesn't make matters worse, uh, but that response, though seemingly well intentioned, certainly brings no healing um, to the situation. And we see that God would do something much um, more dramatic. And of course, graciously, wonderfully, the angel appears to Joseph and the words are shared with him. Um, that which is conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. This is, uh, I know this is a shocker, uh, but this is God's um, intervention in the world, and she shall. Um, she's conceived and she'll bear a son uh, and you will call um, his name Jesus um, for he will save his people um, from their sins he's given this command to give him uh, a particular name not only to receive him but to give him a particular name Jesus for he will save um, his people from their sins and not only that he will be and he is um, none other um, than God with us one of the things that, of course, as you know, that, that name Jesus uh, means um, God saves. That name Jesus means Yahweh saves. But, but interestingly, one of the things that I think is important to note is, as this news is given to Joseph, to, to give him this name Jesus, basically tell him this is what his name is. This is what his identity is. This is what he will accomplish. But, but note what it says. Um, he will save his people um, from their sins. In that, we see the incredible graciousness uh, of God and the way that the gospel is good news because what will he save us from? From our sins, from the things that we do ourselves, from the things that we um, bring upon ourselves, from the things that we... Um, bring upon others. Not the things um, that are done to us. No, he will save us from from our sins, from our um, rebellion, from our shortcomings, um, from our self-absorption and self-service. Uh, he will come and be a savior, not based on our merits, uh, but based on his mercy. And that's a dramatic word of hope and good news given to you and to me, that he comes to be God with us, that he comes to be God for us, not at a point where in which we've, we've done well enough and we've been a good enough woman um, or we've been a good enough man. Um, and then at that point, uh, he will step in. No, he steps in when we're completely and totally indebted and lost and unable to save or to extricate ourselves. He comes to be God with us and he comes to be God for us. And he comes to save us um, from our sins. Uh, I share one final um, story with you. One of my friends... Um, years ago, and, and I guess I should say he's one of my friends now, um, but the event actually happened um, years ago, and uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. He's a faithful guy. Is in many ways a mess. I think that's why we get along so well and identify with one another, and he has interesting things happen to him, uh, and he was part of this small group Bible study with a group of guys, um, but there was this one um, individual in the group uh, there was this one individual in the group that, that uh, was so challenging and difficult that he chased um, everyone off, and my friend would continue to meet with him, not out of any particular holiness, but just out of obligation. He just felt guilty, so he would continue to meet with him, and inevitably he would dread the day when it's up, it's time to meet, it's time to meet so-and-so. And on this particular day, they were scheduled to meet for breakfast and for Bible study, and my friend, uh, my friend forgot to go and, and meet him, and the guy shows up. Um, at his door, and my friend's house was such that the, the top half of the front door um, was glass, which I think is a bad move, but there it is. Um, the, the top half of his front door was, was glass, and the guy um, came up, and of course they couldn't hide because he saw him. They're sitting right there, he and, his, he and his wife, and he's knocking on the door. And my friend's like, oh, you know, I'm going to have to, uh, I can't hide. I'm going to have to go, and he goes, and he opens the door, and he like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm just remembering we were supposed to meet, I, I'm so sorry, uh, I, I apologize. Um, you know, this is not a good time, um, I'll, I'll call you later again, I'm, 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 I'm so sorry. And uh, as I mentioned, this guy was um, the kind of individual that um, didn't pick up on so subtle social cues like it's not a good time. Um, and so, uh, so he, you know, he, he continued, um, and he could look over and he saw my friend's wife sitting at the table and she was obviously um, upset. My friend had obviously been upset. And he said, what'd you do? Um, and so he, he's just like, you know what? It, it's, it's complicated. It's just not a good time. Uh, listen, maybe let me, let me catch up with you later. And he, and he, continued, uh, he continued to press uh, on my friend. And my friend said, well, look, here's the deal. Uh, we're just we're in a lot of debt right now, and it's really has accumulated and swirled to the point that it's, uh, that it's pressing down on us, and we're trying to figure out um, what to do. We're trying to sort through this, and it's, um, it's not a good time. Um, and, uh, you know, if we, could, if we could catch up later. Well, as you might imagine, um, this man was persistent. Um, and when my friend told him uh, about their challenge and their debt, he said, well, how much? Um, and uh, he's just like, my friend's like, it's not going to end. So he just, he, he told them. Uh, and he told me, say it's it's $14,000. And of course, nowadays you say, how quaint. Um, but uh, back then, that was, that, was a, that was a lot of money. And in um, and, uh, and their particular time of life, this was something which, I mean, they, this was, they were in a hopeless um, situation. And so he pressed them, how much? $14,000. And my friend said, he, He took out a checkbook, and he wrote him a check for $14,000. How irresponsible. Um, (laughs) How absolutely and totally um, irresponsible. I know, my friend, that they were going to do it again. Um, You know, this was not um, going to be um, the end of it. And they had gotten themselves um, into this um, whole situation. There was no one else to blame, uh, only themselves to blame, Uh, and, and yet. How reckless, um, how dramatic, um, how phenomenally gracious uh, and irresponsible. And I share that with you because the message of the gospel of grace is reckless. It is absolutely reckless the way in which God loves us. It's absolutely reckless the way in which he comes into the world that he might be God with us and God working for us. It's absolutely um, reckless and completely irresponsible on God's part that he would come and indeed save us um, from our sins, that he would remove the debts which we can never remove ourselves, that he would um, give us his righteousness and the ability to be called his sons um, and his daughters. So I pray that what you hear um, this morning uh, repeatedly, as you read through the Bible, there are no good men, no good women. Uh, God chooses only people he has to work with flawed faulty people like you and me as Paul would write to the Corinthians we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power comes from God and not from us I pray that you would hear again that reckless word and that God has come into the world in Jesus that he might indeed save us um, from our sins that he would be and that he is um, God with us uh, and that you and I would find Um, our freedom, and our salvation in him. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are indeed that hound of heaven seeking us um, in um, our lives uh, and that you come um, to rescue and to redeem us. Draw our hearts and our minds to the phenomenal good news which is found in you, for you are our hope and our salvation. This we ask and ourselves we offer. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.